This is The Exchange, humanizing commerce through post-purchase connection. Today, we're combining two of my favorite topics into one episode. We're going to be talking about retention and specifically how your return strategy and retention strategy are connected. I often joke that today's guest could probably replace me at all of my speaking engagements because he's just as passionate about these topics as I am. Today, we have John Madalone, Customer Retention Supervisor at Baseballism, joining us. John, super excited to have you here. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Alex. It is great to be on with you today. Awesome. Now, I know we've had baseballism on the show once before, actually. We had Travis on talking about brand authenticity and building a brand around something you're passionate about. So I know some people might be familiar with the baseballism brand, but do you maybe want to give um, our listeners just a quick overview of what you guys are all about? Sure. Uh, well, it's in it's in the brand, right? We, we are baseballism. We all love baseball, and that's what it's centered around. We are a lifestyle apparel brand for everybody that loves the game of baseball. So off the field, love of the game. Shirts, caps, sweatshirts about baseball. No team specific, nothing specific about a Yankees team or a Blue Jays team. Turning a double play, making a play in the field as a first baseman, that's what it's about. I love that. And the the love of the game is what connects people together. And I feel like when you get into the team specific stuff, like I know John and I uh, kind of uh, chirp at each other a bit about the Yankees and the Blue Jays. So when you get into the team specific stuff, it turns away from the game itself, and it becomes more of like uh, where you are in the world. So I love that. Today, what we're going to talk about, we talked all about the brand on an episode before. I'll make sure that gets into the show notes. But today, we're going to talk specifically about how baseballism views returns, customer experience, retention. And the reason I wanted to bring you onto the show, John, is not many brands actually view returns as a retention and a customer experience play. But obviously you and baseballism do, since I know you and the team are responsible for returns and retention. I mean, it's in your title. So why are returns a retention tactic for you? What about returns makes it a retention tactic? Well, it's all about our customers. And this is returns are the feedback that I can get immediately. So I can see what our customers are liking or what they're not. And then that can get trickled along to our manufacturing team and our design team to say, hey, look. This shirt is playing well, this isn't playing well, and we can then go back and work on the fabric, the design, the look, the feel, and then we'll get our repeat business because one customer can speak for many and a lot of brands won't get the feedback that they want. And I always want the negative feedback because that's where you'll live. And then you can base off, you might have five folks that return an item, but then your numbers speak differently. So then you say, well, it's just an outlier. Uh, so it backs up what you're, what you're selling. I really like the way you're looking at that. Like, it's really important to get the feedback that you need to make those adjustments. And if you get that feedback from the customers returning, like I always say that there's no better spot to get the honest feedback than it is from someone who has held your product and it, it for some reason didn't meet what they were expecting. It was the wrong size. The quality was off. And like when you collect that feedback directly from that person, you can do so much upstream and like actually even downstream as well. It's like, hey, do we actually remove this product completely because it's just not living up to the expectations of our customers? If we're talking just returns, it's not. It's across the board for me. So I look at our customer service interactions and I look at how our website's talking to folks. And if you're only thinking about it as returns, refunds and exchanges, 
you're going to miss the mark because customers are reaching out to your cu- or customer service asking if they can make a return. And it's all about the interactions on how you provide your customers to return an item. Um, so you want ease of that return. Do you want to get the return data? And then you also want to make sure that customers aren't returning. So you want to have your website optimized to have them a good experience for them. Yeah. I love that too. It's not just the outcome, right? It's not just like the return or the exchange itself. It's all the interactions that are going to happen around that and the experience that you create executing on that too, I think is really important. And I remember you and I talked in the past about what baseballism was doing to handle returns in the past and the customer experience that that was creating. So you maybe want to go back in time a bit and tell us about like returns before you started to look at it in the way you're looking at it now and what that meant for your customers back then? Sure. So I came on three years ago and was kind of tasked with bringing on a new returns platform, a customer service platform, and building this up because how we did return specifically was every single order had a paper sheet that went out with it saying, if you want to exchange it or if you want to return it, send it back to us. Here's a prepay return label. So every order had a prepay return label with it and an order or an exchange slip that went, went out with it. And when we got it back, everything was done manually. So we had to go into an Excel document, put what item we had gotten back, what item they wanted, and we really didn't have a return reason. We don't get many returns to start, but if we had 100 returns in a week, I think I have said that it took us 10 minutes per return. And that's if it was all good, right? Because you then had to worry about a penmanship or customers leaving out information and what if we didn't have the size in stock and then that adds to everything because then you're reaching back out to the customer asking them well can we get a large for you can we do a medium for you it was time consuming on our end and the customer's end where you've talked before is it just leaves so much up in the air what happens to my return they, they send it back to me but how do i know it's going to be taken care of how can i track it um, so the move to loop yes it automated so much but what it for the customer side and for our side, and it just changed the game and it allowed us to look at returns at such a bigger picture. Because if I had to run a report for dog collars, we did dog collars, we want to know what's the return rate, what's the exchange rate. It took me an hour to figure out dog collars. Because I said we use an Excel document, I have three folks that are entering in that data. They enter a dog collar a different way. There's no right way or wrong way that we were entering it. Um, so it was a pain in the neck to sort out any any type of return rate or exchange rate. Yeah, it sounds like it was it was an experience thing on both ends, actually. It was an experience it was experience for you and your team and the customer experience as well. Like I'm imagining combing through just like documents, trying to find the answers you're looking for. And even even the sheet inside of every single return, the penmanship like people having to fill that out, put it back in, send it. And like the waiting, I think the waiting is like the biggest piece of this is like, I send something out and I'm like, I'm hoping this is going to get to John at some point. John's going to take a look at it and then figure out what he's going to say to me. And then in the meantime, I'm guessing that people on your team are getting emails and chats on the site asking basically what's the status on this because nothing happened in the space between I'm vulnerable. I have the wrong product and I want to get the right product. Exactly. I love that. And one thing I really wanted to dig deeper in on this episode is I think that the way you look at returns, what you're looking at kind of like daily, weekly, monthly, the things that we talk about is really exciting. And I want to start that off by 
saying, I think one of the best emails that I have ever received in my life was from, I think it was from you and your COO, Kalen, to our team. It was right after we released our returns benchmark report. And it said something along the lines of like, hey, we saw your industry benchmarks. We went and took a look at what baseballisms are. And hey, we are available for the photo shoot for before being like the best in industry on keeping exchange rates high and refund rates low. And like, honestly, that made, thank you for sending that. That made everyone at Loop feel so amazing for um, <laughs> how we've been able to help you guys out. But tell me a little bit about what you're looking at. Cause like, I know even before we released that returns benchmark report, and I'll put that in the show notes for everyone to take a look at is you were already looking at a lot of this. So I guess my question here is, what do you focus on in your return process to make sure it's maximizing value for baseballism? So you talked a bit about automation, but it sounds like that's just table stakes. Like what are you looking at to make sure baseballism is getting everything they can out of returns? Yeah. So it's data for us. Going to Loop was personally, and for Kalen, it was about the data. We want to see how good we were doing and to just say that our small through triple extra large for men is the right sizing. So what we look at each week, each week I uh, or daily really, it's knowing knowing our numbers, um, and that's probably the sales part of me. I want to know my numbers, and I treat returns as my numbers. So are our t-shirts coming back at an extraordinary rate? Um, so we know percentage-wise we are at five percent or less in our t-shirts, and then I'll take that on a on a macro scale and say, all right, this month we sold thousands of t-shirts. What was that rate? base level. I go through, as I said, the comments of every single one of our items that is returned and look at them. And I take them to heart because what we're seeing is somebody ordered two shirts and only exchanged one, or they're just going up a size, but they love the shirt design and they love this, or they, they don't like that. And that goes back to me saying that we are going to adjust products based on the customer feedback. Um, so it's, return rate, exchange rate, and then what are we getting back? Um, our handbags, our leather products are return, like refunded more often than our shirts. Um, so it's just keeping a pulse on anything that's an outlier right now because we have, in the three years that we've been working together with Loop, we have seen the trend go from 60-40 refunds to exchanges to 60-40 exchanges to refunds. And it's just making sure that all of our information is dialed in. It's that whole process. Customer service, being able to relay that message of three clicks, you can get to an exchange or a, refund or a return to optimizing what our message is on each product page. The color matters. The size matters. Sizing up matters. I love that. And you, you said the flip there. Like it used to be more refunds, less exchanges. Now it's more exchanges, less refunds. Is Is that one of the more important things when you're looking at returns kind of holistically, like moving more of these to an exchange versus to the refund? Of course. Yeah, uh, it, 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 it is. Um, I wear my, I wear our brand proudly. I rep it proudly. And I was a fan of the brand before I came on board. And that's what I want our customers to experience. So if we get an email saying the stitching isn't right, let's make it right for you. If you're wearing our product, we make it the, we have a passion behind this. We want you to feel that passion as well. Um, and I want you to wear it. So uh, it, it all ties into loop that five, we offer $5, a shop now bonus, um, because we want you to wear our brand and wear it because you want to not, not just to 
add five bucks or to save us money. I, I like that though, because it, Hey, we have a passion, like we're passionate about the brand and we want you to be passionate about it too. So if something's off, how do we get you into the next product that is going to make you feel the same way that you did when you went and you made the purchase originally? Like you clearly bought this because you're passionate about it as well. Let's make sure that we keep that passion alive. And I think what you're saying there is like the exchange allows that to happen. We get you into a new product. We allow you to keep feeling that way versus the refund is maybe they'll come back and they'll make another purchase at some point in the future, but why not turn it into the product they love right now? Yeah, exactly. And you talked a bit about searching through the comment. Like, I love that you're doing that, by the way, like looking (laughs) through like the individual comment blocks. I feel like way too many people just kind of take like the aggregate data and try to like inform what's going on with that. Those comments and on return reasons give you a ton of insight. And I was wondering if you had any example for our listeners of like finding something buried in like the customer feedback through returns that kind of like changed what you did as a business or changed something about how you're operating. I always am more focused about our women's line. So reading the comments on who's buying them, it's usually the arms are too small or something along those lines. And that feedback is that it is just too tight. Not that the length is long or too short, it's too tight. So what we are gonna use that information is to add stretchiness to our fabric. So you have your parent, then you have your child reasons, and then you have your comments with how we set up the loop. And I know that stuff is gonna come back too small for a shirt, but what is that reason? And how can we make a decision based on that data of adding a fabric or testing it out a different way? That's that's how I can say that we've used that data right right now today. Yeah, it's interesting because, like you said, too small. If, if you only say allow someone to say it was too small, like you said, is it tight? Is are the sleeves too small? Is it too small in the torso and like not not long enough? There's a lot of nuanced feedback that you can get in there, and that's what's going to like the stretchy material. I think that's a fantastic example because you don't just get that from hey, this was too small. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now. For everyone listening who maybe returns isn't something that they're super focused on right now, they don't, they haven't really looked at it in the same way that you're looking at it as a retention play, as a customer experience play. What should they be looking at? And I think that we might have to ask you to like put your hat on from way back in the day, like in those manual days is what should those people who are starting to look at this for the first time, like what should they be looking at to know there's an issue? Like what did, what did you see out there that said like, okay, we need to change this right now. Like what was that turning point that other brands out there should be looking at? Yeah, that's a wonderful question. Um, If you are seeing returns of a product of yours and they continue to come back and you don't understand why you have a problem. And and that's when you, when you need to figure out like how how are you going to reach your customers and learn what they are having an issue with? Because looking at that, that original sheet of paper, it said, would you like a return or a refund or an exchange? And our, we had three reasons. Other, too small, too big. <laughs> what does that do for me? That does nothing. Uh, because it goes back to like, now we're fixing shirt sizes because I was able to drill down into a comments. So really trying to have your customer happy with your product and not just make it about revenue is an issue. It, like, don't just make it about you make it about your customer and have that come through. And it's a whole process. It's not just, I'll continue to repeat it. It's customer service interaction. It's returns. It's how your website is all laid out, even down to your return page, right? Make it easy for them. Lay it all out there. 
make sure that it's clear on what it is, whether it's a, we, we don't have a return limit. You can return whatever you like, um, whenever you want, but make it clear because people check it and it makes an impact. And if I can tell you from experience, if you have a good, easy to use process, people will let you know and they'll come back and buy it, even if it wasn't the right size or they didn't, didn't have what they want the first time. Yep. So it sounds like from that, it's, you're going to basically, you don't need to dig too far to know you have a problem. Your customers are going to start to tell you that this is a problem uh, pretty quickly and love everything you said there, John, like it's, it's not just returns. It's a, and returns fit into the customer experience play. And I feel like where people get in trouble and what you were talking about at the beginning there is when you view returns, as just kind of like, oh, I need to minimize this to cut costs. And that's where you see like people not being clear. And that's where you see people like hiding this in, I mean, not even in the footer, they'll bury it in like the FAQs or something like that to try to just deter people from finding this at all. Is there anything that you look at daily when it comes to returns? Anything that you want to have like your pulse on on a, on a daily basis? If we have products coming back that are defective, that is like the immediate thing that I need to know about or want to know about. So we would not sell it to a customer because that would infuriate me as a buyer if I'm getting something defective. So that's what I look at every single day is what is that major problem? If there is one, um, usually there isn't, but that's what I want to see every right away. Awesome. So you're, you're jumping in there to check for basically checking in daily to see if there's anything that's super off that you need to get ahead of right now before it becomes a bigger problem. And if you check it every single day, you find those when they're, I don't know, what's the, what's the saying? A stitch in time saves nine. If we, if we do something about it right now, it doesn't become a bigger problem. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Now you clearly are thinking in the customer experience camp here, the retention camp, when it comes to a lot of different things here, what are some of your favorite resources for kind of staying up to date on customer experience retention? I scour, I prospect. I'm always checking out different brands, whether if I'm on, so I don't have a single play. Uh, I, I use you, Alex. I use the podcast, the guests that you had on the podcast. And it just, I feed off of that and I just prospect and I see who else is out there and I learn about new brands. I look at their, their return pages. Now I'm just custom. It's just like a part of me that is a process. If my wife buys something online, I want to know what that process is. I want to know the flow. I want to know what their terms are. I want to know all of that stuff. I use LinkedIn. I use Instagram. I just am driving down the street in, in Oregon, uh, seeing brands and just checking out return pages because it's always a process. Awesome. So using podcasts and like trying to find like a couple places and then it sounds like it's tangential from there. It's like, Hey, there's a guest on here or my wife's buying something. And sounds like you're becoming quite the connoisseur of, uh, <laughs> customer experience and return policies across, uh, across the internet and like just digging in and finding those. Is there any brand out there that you look to for inspiration kind of maybe more than some of the others? Like you find yourself going back and checking what they're up to because you think they're just that great. I, I, I would hate to say no. Um, because I, don't, <laughs> I don't know if anybody's that great, but there are like some Brooklyn has been a reference for you as far as a nice landing page. That's what I'd inspire to have. That's what I'm, what's the next thing for us to improve or me to improve is our, the look and feel of our returns page. And I am always looking for something to, to look a little bit cleaner, but we, we do such a great job and I just want to keep improving. I mean, I, I love that Brooklyn and is a great, so for everyone listening, Brooklyn has like one of the cleanest return 
policy pages I've ever seen in my life. So they're a great one. If you're looking to make your return policy more streamlined, more clear, easier for your customers, it's definitely one to check out. John, this has been amazing. I think this is a great spot for us to actually wrap. I'm going to I'm going to try to summarize what we talked about today for everyone. So for you, returns is a retention play, but you can't look at returns and retention and and like a vacuum. There's a lot of things that are going to surround that, that all kind of feed off of each other and play into the same goals. And for you, that's that's a support team, the customer experience team. It's the experience that you're laying out on your website and how all of those things play together. In terms of what you're looking at, the biggest thing for you is the feedback feedback above. And I know we get into the metrics as well, but the feedback is where it's going to show you where you can improve, where you could be potentially letting customers down right now. And it points you into places where you can make really great improvements that bolster that customer experience. When we're looking at returns specifically, we talked about uh, the overall return rate, but also looking at your refund and exchanges. So for John, it used to be refunds were higher than exchanges. And by looking at this and seeing where they can improve, they've actually been able to flip it where there's now more exchanges than refunds. And in terms of basically like how to learn and get better at this, it's looking out into the environment out there and seeing what some of the brands that you're interacting with are doing, the experiences that they're creating. Because I think one thing we were dancing around at the end there is we often have our brand hats on when we're looking at these types of problems. And it's important to take your brand hat off, put your customer hat on and go through these experiences as if you were a customer to see how you would feel going through these. How'd I do? Great. Yeah, I I think it's important to, as you said, think of yourself as a customer. How would you like to be interacting with your brand or other people's brands as far as a return process goes? Probably want it to be simple. Yeah, important, but often overlooked. It's very easy to get blinders on with the problems as you see them as a brand and not kind of understanding the the problem from the customer's eyes. Now, before we let you go, is there anywhere where our listeners can follow along with you? Um, LinkedIn, Twitter, a blog, anywhere where you're active and talking to people? Uh, I'm always open to talking to folks on LinkedIn, always looking to learn or provide insight into what we're doing here. So you can find me on LinkedIn at John, at John Madalone. And uh, you can email me at baseballism.com. It's mattalone at baseballism.com. Awesome. And we'll make sure those get into the show notes so you guys can uh, interact with John afterwards. John, thank you so much for joining us today. You're a wealth of knowledge. (laughs) Thanks, Alex. Take care. That's been The Exchange, presented by Luke, the returns platform for Shopify. Thanks for listening.